sisters. Welcome to the Out of This World Relationship Podcast, a podcast designed for busy women just like you who want better relationships. I'm your host, Tamara Rasmussen, and together we're going to tackle some of life's most difficult relationship issues. Whether you're in your car on your way to work, shuffling kids to school, or sipping coffee on the back porch, it is no accident that you're here. With God, there are no accidents, only divine appointments. There is always room at my table, so pull up a chair and take a seat. Let's dive in. Welcome to Marriage Bootcamp Part 4, Nine Keys to a Better Relationship, Part 3. First, I just want to say thank you for listening to and supporting the Out of This World Relationship Podcast. If you haven't listened to the Marriage Bootcamp series from the beginning, I recommend you go back and take a listen. This week, we'll be finishing up our nine keys of marriage with a bonus 10th key at the end. Let's dive in. Key number seven, pick your battles. Sisters, finances, pornography, infidelity, and substance abuse are among the leading causes for divorce. Have any of you ever had an issue with your finances the way that you spend your money, the way your husband spends his money? Do you share your finances? Do you share a bank account? Do you try to keep things separate but still call yourselves together? Do you or your husband dabble in pornography when your needs aren't being met or when you're out of town? Are you finding yourself chatting with an old high school friend online, feeling like it's innocent and it's just a quote-unquote friendship? Are you drinking wine every night, claiming that it's just the normal thing to do, but in reality, you realize that maybe the wine is causing separation between you and your spouse, or maybe your husband's drinking beer or a scotch every night too, and that prevents you from having deeper connection. These are the things worth fighting against. The truth is that if we were all following God's roadmap for our lives, if we were following the Ten Commandments, there would be no divorce because there'd be no sin. And if we're honest, what leads to divorce, what leads to discontentment in our lives is our sin, the things that we do that are against God's design for us. We are human and dealing with our sin nature is part of the deal. We cannot run from the fact that we are human. Too many people are trying to fight these battles alone. Because we are human, you are human, I am human, we were wired for connection. We cannot do this life alone. There are a lot of churches today who are really promoting the concept of life groups. And while I don't think that life groups can fill the gap of our spiritual health and well-being, We need to pursue that ourselves. We need to have strong spiritual leaders who are guiding us. What life groups do do is they offer us community. My husband and I, we moved from New Mexico to Texas four years ago. And I will tell you that trying to start over and develop community has been the most challenging thing for us. Community isn't something you can just show up and have. It requires effort and obviously prayer, God allowing you to find the right group of people that can walk through all the different seasons of your life. If you're not able to be completely vulnerable and honest and open with your community, 
there's something wrong, but it's something that you desperately need. Shame, embarrassment, and fear of judgment might keep you from seeking the help you need, but if that's you, don't be stubborn. Get help. Talk to your pastor. Talk to your life group. Talk to a counselor. You know, there's an interesting statistic today that didn't used to be true, but now more women are filing for divorce than men. And I really don't think that it's coincidence, brothers, that it's because men usually refuse to attend marriage conferences, retreats, and counseling. Women are typically much more willing to engage in those things, whereas men, guys, you're not very open to it. I'm going to tell you a common story. It happens all the time. I have couples that come into my office and for years, the wife has been expressing her desire to go to counseling, to go to marriage conferences. And in his pride, her husband's refusing. So in time, what happens? She starts an emotional affair with someone, whether it's at work or it's online. And that gives her the courage to decide to leave. And the moment that she decides to leave, that's when he decides he's ready to go all in. The problem is she's already left the marriage. I have sat with couples numerous times. And in the very first session, I could already tell that the wife has given up, that there is nothing at this point that the husband can do because in her mind, that opportunity ended a long time ago. If there's any of you brothers listening, pride is the vehicle of destruction. If you allow your pride to get in the way of really investing in your marriage and listening to the hurts that your wife is experiencing and vice versa, there are definitely some of you ladies out there that might be really against the idea of being vulnerable and going to counseling. But if you're going to battle, fight for the win of your marriage don't battle just for the sake of battling. For example, I mean, do you find yourself bickering over lots of little things? That's a sign there are bigger issues beneath the surface. When we distract ourselves with dull razors, raised toilet seats, how the dishwasher is loaded or how he chooses gum, we might fail to tackle the deeper issues and rob the joy right out of our relationships. Do you remember that embracing differences in values versus preferences topics that we've discussed over the last couple of weeks? If you don't, I encourage you to go back and take a listen. But the point is some of our battles are over preferences and differences. And if you spend every waking moment looking for something to nag about or be disappointed in, you're going to find it. Pick your battles. Identify the real enemy. The enemy is not your spouse. The enemy is a very real devil who seeks to kill, steal, and destroy your marriage with all the things I listed above. Our sin nature is something to be contended with, but if we take it seriously and we all individually walk in the light of the Lord, we are far more likely to overcome the temptations and the battles that destroy our marriages today. Key number eight, have an attitude of gratitude. Say thank you a lot. Acknowledging the little things or those big things your partner does goes a really long way. 
And I know it is so easy to grow complacent and forget that every effort counts, which will become more important in the tougher times when it's difficult to find anything to be thankful for. I know, sisters, how hard it is to express gratitude when you're feeling hurt or disappointed. Honestly, we can punish our spouses by denying them our gratitude, which you may not like this, but it's manipulation. It's a form of unforgiveness and passive aggression when we deny our spouses gratitude when we know that we should be giving it to them. I've heard from women time and time again for their desire for their husband to acknowledge them. But sisters, so often when they do, they're criticized for it. In this situation, especially without communication, he can't win no matter what he does. So I want you to think about love languages. Maybe some of you are familiar with them. Some of you are not. I recommend you getting familiar with them. But the love languages really identify the different ways that we give and receive love. And the truth is, we're all pretty different from one another. And what we think someone's love language is may not match what it really is. So for example, if you were dating at one time and you loved getting flowers and you loved being complimented, but then something happened. You had kids. You had kids and and maybe you work, whether it's in the home or outside of the home, and getting flowers just doesn't have the same appeal that it used to have. Maybe your finances are struggling and all you can think about when he brings home flowers is the fact that it's less money in the account. Your response to that gesture may be pretty negative. You may find yourself struggling to find gratitude when, first of all, you don't even want flowers. Second of all, you can't really afford flowers and you're frustrated because he doesn't seem to know that. The problem is it's so deflating for him when he's doing his best based on the information that he has to show you love, but you're not receiving it as love. Maybe your love language is acts of service at this point in your life. Like you would rather him come in, offer to bathe the kids, do the dishes, and give you an hour to go take a bath. If your husband doesn't know that this is how you need to be loved, he's going to miss the mark. I encourage you sisters to be very aware of what your needs are and start getting really good at communicating them. I always look at relationships like this. We all have to be incredible teachers and very astute students. You are the teacher to your spouse. It is your responsibility to teach them what it is you need, what your love language is, but it's also their responsibility to be a really good student. They have to be willing and open to learn from you how to love you because truthfully, When we ask our spouse to love us in a way that's foreign to them, it's harder. Like my husband, for example, he is definitely a gifts person. I am more of an acts of service person. So my husband really enjoys getting me gifts. I'm also a penny pincher. I don't like spending money and my husband likes to give expensive gifts. 
So over the years, we've had to develop communication where I've let him know, okay, I know you love giving me gifts. It brings you joy. And so I'm going to let you do that. But let's make sure that when you do, we can A, afford it, and B, it's something I really want. There were certainly times when he might buy me something that was expensive, like an electronic. And honestly, I was like, what am I going to do with this? (laughs) So with that communication, things have gotten so much better. When I receive a gift from my husband that I definitely would not buy for myself, I have found that my gratitude is so much greater, even though it's not something that I really needed from him. He also is better at recognizing that my love language is more acts of service. So this communication really lays the groundwork for there to be greater gratitude between you. And when you're feeling bitter and you're feeling angry, I, I recommend that you still work really hard, that you pray for the Lord to give you grace, forgiveness, and tenderness to not be contentious, especially when your husband's making efforts or your wife is making efforts for you guys listening. It's so defeating and deflating and it's a killer of relationships. So let's practice greater gratitude. I want you to think about what is one way that you could express deeper gratitude towards your spouse today. Can you believe that we are already at key number nine? So key number nine is don't put your kids first. Some of you might be experiencing heart palpitations right now and be super tempted to turn this thing off, but I want you to hear me out. Your kids are going to grow up and they're going to pursue their own lives and happiness. If you neglect the field you're in for their childhood, you will have an empty harvest when they're gone. Most first divorces occur in the first eight years or after 20 years. Sisters, that is not a coincidence. Think about that. 20 years, that's about the time the kids are moving out and moving on. Spend intentional quality time together. And by quality time, I don't mean letting the kids stay up late and nudging each other on the shoulder and saying goodnight in the two minutes before you knock out. I mean real quality time without your kids, no matter what age they are. I don't care if they're three months old or they're 16, they will survive and your marriage will thrive as a result. Not only that, it shows them a healthy example of what healthy marriage really looks like. And that is prioritizing your marriage. It is God, your marriage, and then your kids. And in that order, Put them to bed early. I mean, they need 12 hours of sleep to function best anyway. Go on dates frequently. Talk to each other face-to-face. I cannot stress this enough. Do not depend on texts or social media to keep up with your spouse. Also, I just have to say this, hate mail or not. If you're going to write your spouse a love letter, write it to them. Give it to them. Even if no one else ever sees it, if it's not post on social media, it's still real. It still means something. And in fact, it probably means a little bit more because you don't need anyone else to see it for it to be real. One of the biggest dangers in marriages today is actually how easy it is to avoid communicating with each other. It's actually 
easier to start up a conversation with someone else than it is your own spouse. And the more active you are in the world socially, the more commonly that occurs. Brothers, if you are listening, put the Xbox controller down and engage your wife. Sisters, put your cell phone down, your book down, your wine down, whatever, and engage with your husband. We cannot hope to have a relationship with someone that we never talk to or spend time with. Relationships do not maintain themselves. Just like cars need gas, oil changes to function, our marriages need regular maintenance too. If you're thinking we don't have the money, we can't afford it, I want to give you some ideas. So if you're low on cash, grab some ice cream, even cheap ice cream. I mean, great value, H-E-B, cheap brand, Hill Country, whatever, does not have to be expensive. Grab some ice cream or your favorite treat and have it under the stars. Make a pallet in the back of the pickup truck if you have one. Have a candlelit dinner at home. Dance in the living room. Have a sexy movie night in your master bedroom. Wear some lingerie and pop in a movie, pop some popcorn and just see what happens. Those things don't cost any more than your average daily activities. But what it does do is it's a huge investment in your relationship. If you have some extra cash, stay in a hotel or an Airbnb for a night. You don't even have to go away. Just stay somewhere else. Get a sitter for the kids and just stay the night in a different environment where there's no interruptions. Take a long drive, eat at a nice restaurant, or just even a dive that you both just really love. Share a drink together, plan a vacation, whatever you do, do it with the intent of investing in your marriage. You can never go wrong by investing in your spouse and in fun together. That is probably the most important thing is friendship. Lots of things can go wrong in a marriage, but if you maintain friendship, if you can have fun together, if you can find things to do that you both enjoy, even if you're super different, even if your husband loves golf and you could like live the rest of your life without ever seeing golf again, find other things. If you like to go hiking, go hiking. If you want to go boating, go boating. If you enjoy taking walks around the loop in your neighborhood, whatever it is, find enjoyment and friendship together. So we made it to all nine keys to a better relationship, but today I am offering you a bonus key. Key number 10, probably, well, no, not probably. It totally is the most important one of all. Choose to be married. Marriage is a choice. It is not something that happens to you without your consent. Choosing to be married doesn't just happen once. It's not the day that you get married. It's a daily decision that you make. Choosing to be married is something you do continually throughout the rest of your life. 69% of divorces are initiated by women today. Only 31% are initiated by men. So sisters, if you think that we live in a powerful man's world and you have no contribution to this, think again. Women are leaving marriages in droves. Women are having affairs in droves. We are leading the divorce trend. I'll say it again. Marriage is a choice and you know this. People are choosing to ditch marriage many times over every day 
chances are every single person listening to this knows someone close to them who's either going through a divorce, has gone through a divorce, or is the child of a divorce. Divorce is at an all-time high. And although statistically it's not quite 50% anymore, the truth is that's because fewer and fewer people are actually getting married. So what we're really talking about is the value of marriage. What we're not talking about when it comes to divorce is the rate of mental health problems in children and in families that is directly related to divorce. Marriage is tough. There is no doubt about that. There are times when extenuating circumstances went out and, and I'm not suggesting that no matter what, if there's sexual, physical abuse, if there's, you know, adultery that you should stay, there are definitely circumstances that really call for a separation. But for most of us, it's, it's a matter of not choosing to fight for our marriages we don't want to do the hard thing. We're unhappy. Things aren't going our way. We're not feeling excited anymore. And so we choose to ditch it because it's hard, but I'm going to tell you sisters and brothers, choose your hard because the grass on the other side is subject to the same unpredictable weather conditions. The more you choose the person you are already with in the relationship that you have and give everything you've got the better chance there is that you will honor your covenant of till death do us part. Part of honoring your covenant is guarding yourselves, guarding your hearts, being very careful about the way that you're living your life. One in three divorces, I'm going to say that again, one in three divorces starts in an online affair. And I've heard this a million times and I'm intimately aware of how easy it is for a really good person who means well and loves their spouse. If there are some areas in the marriage that are not good or that there's hurts or disappointments, it only takes a few conversations to lead a good person astray. Talking to an old high school flame or someone at work, outside of work. These are all things that, that get us in trouble. They can lure us into a place we never thought we would be. And as I mentioned earlier, oftentimes it's finding that other person that gives us the courage to leave our marriage, but it's never for the right reasons. God does not bless infidelity. And I can't tell you how many times I've had women tell me, this is what God wanted for me. God wanted a different life for me. And I, I, I have to be honest with you. God does not condone infidelity. He is a champion for marriage. So if you find yourself in this place, this is not to shame you. This is to love on you. Get some help. Talk to someone. Figure out What's leading you to, to distract yourself and discontinue your investment in your marriage? And if you are divorced, seek right in the next relationship you're in. Work on whatever went wrong in the first relationship. Start out on the right foot. Place God at the center. Blended families are so difficult. The divorce rate is so high. But sisters and brothers, they can still work. You just have to be aware of how things went wrong in the very first relationship so history doesn't repeat itself again. Not to mention kids. 
adding kids into the mix is pretty difficult too. I will be discussing blended marriages sometime down the line, blended families. I'll be sharing some insights, some tips, some tricks on how to make that transition smoother and more successful. But for now, next week, we will be concluding this love month series with an episode dedicated to sex. Whether you are single, never married, newly married, divorced, or married 20 years, I will have some nuggets that apply to you. If you know anyone who would benefit from this message, please share this series with them. Thank you for listening. What are you struggling with? Whether it's parenting, marriage, friendships, or faith, I want to answer your questions. Send me a DM, email me at tamaras2cents at gmail.com, or find me on Instagram at tamara.nicole.rasmussen. Nothing is off the table. Thanks for listening. Look for a new episode every Monday. Have a blessed day.